and welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, a statistics in sports podcast. I am your co-host, Joshua Tracy. And I am your also co-host, Corwin Heller. <laughs> uh, today's our, it's our inaugural episode on hockey. We're, we're going to be talking about um, power plays and pulling your goalie and shorthanded goals and uh, pretty much anything that has to do with something of a man advantage. Um you ready for our premiere episode on hockey? Not only our premiere episode on hockey, but our premiere episode where we're not recording together. So I'm back at school, oh, so yeah. I'm now halfway across the country and missing poor Josh. Yeah, we're now doing this over Discord, which we had the joy of <laughs> setting up before we did this, which added on more time than we thought. A lot of time. Um, Way more time yeah, than it should have. we're not going to say how much. That's all you need to know. But hey, we're... We're doing the whole thing now yeah. um, as we try to figure out a new podcasting schedule and all that. But I guess that comes with the territory. I'm with it. Let's get started. Let's get started. So I sent I sent, um, I sent, sent you the this Excel spreadsheet that I worked on um, when I had free time at my, at my real job, which we won't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what I was trying to, to figure out, what I was trying to think about, is uh, so if you're not a, a big hockey fan in general, right? Or if you haven't watched too many games, one of the ideas is if you have a relatively small, um, what's the opposite of a lead? Deficit. Deficit. If you have a relatively small deficit and the tail end of the of a hockey game, you know, the last, I'll say five minutes of a period. You'll, you'll pull your goalie, which means you'll remove him from net, put him on the bench, and instead replace him with an additional skater, typically a forward. Those are the guys who actually make more shots to the net and get a little bit deeper into um, your offensive zone. So what I was trying to see what, if we could figure out is what would be the advantage or how early, how much time would be most beneficial for you to actually do that. Right. So I, I'd say, I mean, what do you think? I'd say in general, if you're down by more than two, you're not doing this. Um, no. One, you're almost definitely doing it. Two is if your coach is aggressive. I've seen two pretty, game. pretty frequently. If, if it's an important rivalry. If it's a big game, I could see you pulling your goalie with handful of minutes left um, just to try and give yourself some chance to come back in the game. But, yeah, if it's more than that. I've never seen it. I don't know why you would. Yeah, I mean, this would have to be like a... If it's more than two, it's going to have to be a playoff game in my eyes. I don't think it's worth it beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, not for not for regular season. Um, and actually, that's one of the things I'll get to a little bit later on after we talk about kind of the methodology and all that stuff that went behind this. I, there were some greater, I guess, bigger picture questions I thought might be worth looking at after we we dig into it a bit. Anyway... Let's dig into it. Let's do it. So, the first thing I thought to look at uh, was power play percent, right? How often do you score on a power play? Um, For reference, if this is your first dive into the world of of hockey, uh, power play is when your opponent uh, commits a penalty. They have to send a player to the penalty box Mm -hmm. for the minimum of two minutes, Okay. That gives you a one-man advantage. It's now five skaters against four skaters, and um, that's called a power play. How often you score 
on that power play becomes your power play percentage. So, I have all these stats, these um stats from the 2017-2018 season as the 2018-2019 season has yet to be concluded. So, those stats would be incomplete. And if we just look at um, I don't know what's first on your list, but first on my list is um, do you see the Nashville Predators on top on the uh, team stats tab? Okay, so their their power play percentage was 21.17, which if you look down the list, I mean, there's a few 23s. The highest I'm seeing offhand is Tampa Bay Lightning at 23.91, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, that that's the highest. So, the like, a great season, you're going to only get a fifth of your power plays actually yielding you a goal. So right. the highest that I just found was the Pittsburgh Penguins with 26.15%. Go Pens, boys. Was that? Oh, oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. So that's, and and they're head and shoulders above uh, the Lightning. That's almost, it's all uh, two and a half percentage points is a pretty big difference. Mm-hmm. So you can see, like, let's say an average then at that point would be 20%. Um, actually, I think I have league average here at the bottom. I do. Yeah, so uh, league average here is actually 20.18%. So it, it, it's it's tough is really what I'm getting at here. It, mm-hmm. it, it's hard to score goals kind of in hockey in general. It's, it's easier to score with the men advantage, but it's still not like it's a guaranteed immediate uh, result if you actually connect. I'd say roughly by my own rule of thumb, Roughly a third of the team's goals will come from the man advantage on the power play. Well, we can look at that. Let's look at just the Nashville Predators because they're on top and that's easy to find. They had uh, 58 power play goals and they had, um, where's their total goals? One oh, goals for it. Oh, no, that's points. Yeah, 267. Um, 267. So yeah, less. so that's about a fifth. It's yeah. about one fifth. So let's call it a fifth. So like the Pens had 68 power play goals to 272 goals for. So that's a little bit closer to a quarter. Um, but still, it's not a huge percentage of your goals coming from power play. Yeah, I, th- I think the main thing is that you're going to want to have your um, power play percent be high over how many of the your total goals come from it. You just want to show that you're efficient on what well, what hockey's equivalent of special teams is. Um, mm-hmm. On the same end, you want your penalty kill. Um, when you commit a penalty and you lose a player, you also want that to be as high as possible because you don't want to be allowing goals, right? Mm-hmm. Who has the highest penalty kill percentage, Josh? I don't fucking know. Right. It's, it's the I Los Angeles sort. Kings with 85%. Oh, they did have a really good penalty mm-hmm. kill last year. Yeah, that didn't help them out much, though, did it? No, not really. Yeah, they're 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 pretty bad. Anyway, so I so that that's just to give you an idea of how hard it is to score in like the middle of a game, um, with the man advantage. Now that it, it it's still a a a beneficial thing to have, but as we'll see, it, it it's it's still going to be tough to score. Anyway, so next thing I wanted to look at was uh, penalty minutes, right? Uh, P-I-M, penalties in minutes. Pims. And the thing that I had available to me was uh, penalty minutes per game, so I just took that and multiplied it by 82, how many games there are in a season. 
And uh, we're just going to keep looking at the Nashville Predators because they're on top of my list. So in the uh, last season, they had 927, <laughs> so many Led the league. penalty minutes. Yeah, that's so many. <laughs> like they they got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> um. So I took that. There it is. I took that and I divided it by the number of um, power play goals that your opponent scored. So basically, what now what we're looking at is in 927 penalty minutes, how many minutes your own players were in the box. Um, did it take for your opponent to score one goal? So for every 17.2 minutes that there was a Nashville Predator in the penalty box, one goal was scored. So that's that's pretty good, Very actually, good, yeah. all things considered. Um, they did a great job. They had a... You know, 81.94 penalty kills, pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you can see that they're, they had 54 penalty, uh, power play goals allowed on 299, Jesus, so many, uh, power play um, opportunities for the opponent. That's yeah, a so lot. Yeah, so just based off of um, these calculations that we did for every team, uh, Nashville would have ended up being around 7th in the league in penalty minutes per opponent's points per game. Or opponents' points per game. <sighs> opponents. <laughs> Phrase it however you want. It. You don't have to go right. by this. So just by by our rankings with our calculations for each one of these uh, per team, uh, Nashville would have ranked seventh for opponents' power play goals per penalty minute. Uh, who would have ranked first? That would have been the lovely Florida Panthers. What was their number? Uh, they were 18 point something. No, they were 20. Wow. 20. Jesus. So they would go a full period on the power play, letting in one goal. Let's see. They had, yeah, only 45 power play goals allowed. That's a f- almost 10 less mm-hmm. than uh, the Preds. That's, wow, they that's still amazing. Had over 900 penalty minutes on the year. 902? Yeah. Who? Um. So who let in... Who had, the, who had the smallest amount of time? All right. The smallest team with a 10.2 was your Oof. defensive team of the year, the New York Islanders. Oh, yeah. That makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Plus, their goalie situation last year was not good. Everything on their defensive side of the puck was really bad. Yeah. Um, so, that, that's kind of interesting. Um, but it's not – it's really just kind of a side calculation. The, the next column I have here on our chart – um, uh, is is really what we're going to start looking at for the rest of this, which is opponents' penalty in minutes um, per power play goal. Because what that's saying is how many minutes does it take for your um for the opposing team having a player in the box for you to score a goal, which is what we're concerned with, right? And mm-hmm. If you're going to be pulling your goalie, if you're going to be forcing yourself a man advantage, you're going to will yourself to have an extra skater on the ice, you want to know approximately how long will it take for that situation to be there for you to actually score a goal. Mm-hmm. So um, all I did for this is kind of the same calculation, just using the, the uh, opposite numbers. Uh, I took um, the opposing penalty minutes for each team, and I multiplied that by 82. Um, sorry, opposing penalty minutes per game, multiply that by 82 to get opposing penalty minutes for the season, and then divided that by um, your own power play goals, how many you actually scored, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
I I just have the top of my list. I don't. Maybe you can. Who, who is who is the best? Who scored when the fewest um, opponent penalty minutes? The Toronto Maple Leafs had a ten point. Oh, that makes sense. Followed by the Jets, the that Penguins, and the Islanders. No, Islanders' offense mm-hmm. last season was very good. Their defense was just atrocious. Um, so who was at the bottom of this list? Maybe a bottom three. Uh, the Calgary Flames with twenty one point four. The Florida Panthers again with a twenty point four, and the Edmonton Oilers with twenty point one. That's so bad that that's saying that you could have a man advantage for a period, one third of the game, and still just not get anything done. That's abysmal. Holy shit! I love how polar opposite the Florida Panthers and the New York Islanders were last year. Yeah, really, they're on opposite ends mm-hmm. of the spectrum. Although they they weren't far off in the standings. Let's right, because they both suck. Well, we could look. So, Florida Panthers finished the year with ninety-six points, and the Islanders finished with eighty. Oh wow, the yeah. Islanders were even worse. Jesus, yeah, I forgot because they had like a they were like in a playoff spot for like the first like third of the season, and then just kind of fell off a cliff. But it is what it is. <sighs> it turns out all they needed to do to succeed was get rid of uh, John Tavares. Yeah, truly, just really holding the team back, I guess. <laughs> so, so all right, so now we have the basis of kind of what we're getting at, right? So now we have an idea that, like, um, uh, the I still just have the Nashville Predators on the top of my list because I don't feel like sorting it down. Um, it takes the Nashville Predators 13.6 minutes to score a single power play or man-advantaged goal, okay? Mm-hmm. So now... Obviously, you're not going to. They're not going to look at that and go, "Oh, 13 and a half minutes guaranteed. We're scoring a goal, right?" Because for one thing, that's never a guarantee, and for another thing, you're not going to pull your goalie seven minutes into a period at an attempt to get one goal. Right. 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 So now I kind of my next idea was how how can you show uh, an increasing return? And how long you're pulling your goalie for, and to like as a percentage of how likely you are to yield a goal, okay? And it actually took me a long time to to, to think about this, and it actually isn't as hard as I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a long time thinking about something that was actually kind of really really simple. <laughs> What'd you do? Um, just. Just take minutes and then divide it by your offensive penalty, um, sorry, opponent penalty minutes divided by power play goals. So if it takes um, natural predators to score um, one power play goal or one man advantage goal in uh, 13.6 minutes, if you take that number and just put it as the denominator, um, with the numerator being the number of minutes you want to have your goalie pulled for, mm-hmm. that'll give you a percentage of how pretty much how likely you are to score a goal, right? Because right. if you put 13.6 on top and 13.6 on bottom, like that's saying that there's... Now, granted, I just said it wouldn't be a 100% chance, and it wouldn't be a 100% chance in real life, but for the purpose of this kind of little model, the longer... It's true, the longer you have yourself up a man, the more likely you are to do it, and this also takes into account... Um, your team's proficiency given the course of a season of how likely you were to do it. So if you are the Nashville Predators, you need a goal, all right? Let's say let's say you pull your goalie with, with four minutes left in uh, in the game, okay? That gives you 
a 29% chance of scoring based on their performance over the course of the 2017 season, 2017-2018 season, um, and how they did with a man advantage in, uh, in, a, in a given amount of time. That's pretty good. You'll take that mm-hmm. every single time. And the thing is, so let's so that's 29%, right? If you do, for four minutes, if you do five minutes, okay, with the exact same denominator, your number is going to go up to a 36.7, 36.8% chance. So you can see as every as every minute goes by or every minute you have, every additional minute you have with your goalie out, your odds will increase, which is, again, obvious. That's the longer you're on a man advantage, the longer you're, the more likely you are to score. What I was trying to, to figure out here is, given your team's ability to score, how does that affect how soon you should be pulling, right? Do you have anything to say on this? Um, I have some critiques just that I've Go thought ahead. of as you were saying this. So that 29% is the likelihood of you to score on the regular man advantage. What that doesn't mm-hmm. take into account is the fact that your defensive players, like you can't just throw, you know, just your biggest offensive forward in there and pull your all your defense and just go straight offense because you can't really let the defending team that's up handle the puck without the goalie in net because they could just shoot it right down the ice and pop it in the empty net and that's it game over no questions asked so you can't really play the same type of defense when you're on the typical man advantage and when you're playing without your goalie so i'm ignoring defense for this um for a couple reasons one because that just gets way too messy if you include defense but for another thing if you're pulling your goalie i don't think it matters like if you're pulling your goalie, it means that you're desperate to to tie this game, and you don't have the confidence that you can do it five on five. You don't have the confidence you can do it even strength. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, if we're at this point in the game, does it really matter? I guess that matters more when it's only a one goal differential versus when it's multiple goals. You know. So if it's multiple goals, if it's another one that really doesn't affect you too much, you're down by such a margin that you really need all offense and you just need to go all holds barred and just go all out to score. But when it's only one goal and it's still within reach, within reason, I feel like you can't really pull your goalie too soon there. It's not something that we can measure with these statistics, which is why I was hesitant to bring it up. No, I see where you're coming from, and you're right. This this brings into the very uh, non-numerical aspect of the game. Um, this is this is strategy the exact now. Same thing um, we talked about with football. Like it, we can't yeah. have everything come from the numbers. Of course, and this is this is an attempt by me to try to bring some numbers into this aspect of the strategy game. Oh, one thing I forgot to pull up, although I've, I've seen talked about a lot this season, is that uh, number of goalie-pulling attempts has increased drastically this season. Mm-hmm. Um, all, and thus, with it, the number of empty net goals has increased drastically this season. Um, but in, in in my mind, just as a observer of the sport more so than anything else, 
it's it's really desperation. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm what I'm trying to figure out, and this is this was a little bit too much for the scope of what I was trying to do with this episode, is kind of how much do you value every point in hockey? Not every goal. Every point. every team point. Yeah. yeah. So two points for a win, one point for an overtime loss. Blah 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 blah. Um. So, let's say you're vying for like winning the division. Right, or you're vying for a, a higher seed or what have you, and we'll get to that a little bit later too. Uh, you can't lose ground from losing games. You can only gain ground from winning games. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't value getting zero points um, or like the, you don't value the risk of getting zero points as much as you value the risk of getting one or two points right. from potentially going to overtime. Like if you were um, uh, the the – Winnipeg Jets last year when the um, National Predators won the President's Trophy. Mm-hmm. No, the Capitals won the President's Trophy. No, the National Predators won the President's Trophy. Um, Capitals was two years ago. You should Shut know up. that because um, <laughs> Nashville raised a banner for winning the President's Trophy. Oh my God, they did. <laughs> That's so sad. Anyway, so if you're if you're the Jets, like, I mean, the President's Trophy, by the way, is when you when you, your team has the most points in the league that year. Um, so the, the the Preds had it, you know, like they were going to win the division. So if if you were the the Winnipeg Jets and you said to yourself, "I uh, we want to to win the division," um, you you might say to yourself, "All right, let's start pulling our goalie way sooner on games that we're down because we're going to need more points because we're not going to we're making the playoffs either way, so we don't have to worry about the detriment of getting zero points in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we just go balls out and try to take every game we're behind only one or two goals in you know what i mean so this is an attempt by me to get some kind of uh, a measurement for the benefit of doing this now granted there's a lot of other factors there's there's the gameplay there's the situation there's how early in the season is it how late in the season is it how much are you down by? But in general, I, I I think what's interesting about it is that at least with the kind of half-assed odds I gave us on this, <laughs> it it does seem to be pretty valuable. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? If 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 you have yourself, um, what did I say? With with a four minutes twenty nine percent, a twenty nine percent chance of scoring. That's pretty high. Oh yeah. Because what's what what differs between this and and your traditional power play is that you can will this into existence. You can say to the team, "All right, guys, we're I'm gonna give you another dude to just go fuck around with." All right, let's make this happen. And you can do this at the sixty second remaining mark. You can do this at the six minute remaining mark. Like. You can really do it whenever you feel as though it's necessary. So, let me ask you, what do you think the break-even point is? At what point do you think, statistically, it becomes worth it, like, to to, 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 to do this? Assuming a one-goal deficit. I think when the expected value of that remaining goal, so the one point for the goal times the percentage chance that gives you the probability and since it's one point it's you know very simple um i think then when that's higher than 
the expected points from winning the game versus losing the game. So basically when that probability of scoring the goal is equal to or higher than the expected difference in winning the game versus losing the game, I think that's when it would be most valuable to... I think that's the break-even point, essentially. You know, I, I've been having a lot of fun thinking to myself about, like, when when this would be most applicable. Now, granted, this also assumes that there's a static um, play style on the opposing team, and um, this also changes a lot because instead of w- when there's a man advantage via power play, there are nine skaters on the ice. This, we're going to be having 11 skaters on the ice, so that clutters up the um, open space a little bit, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, what I do think is interesting about this, ha- giving yourself a man advantage, whether naturally in the course of a game via power plays or at the end of the game via uh, pulling your goalie, it it's so much of an advantage mm-hmm. that I, I, I like the fact that teams are playing around with it more um, in the regular season. I feel like this is going to become kind of like the one of the new special teams things that teams are going to look at is you know how are we going to construct a you know two minute power play style offense with six skaters no goalie and you know two minutes left in the game right right so the the idea that I came in the episode with that I was doing research with to initially um, for the for the initial topic was you know like how soon should you pull your goalie. What I ended up finding, though, is it ended up being a lot more complicated of a question than I had thought. I thought I might find something a little bit more cut and dry. Not that I thought this would be easy, but I thought maybe I could find something relatively definitive. I ended up really interested in with what I did find in that, you know, the whole odds change per team based on power play efficiency and how you do with them individually. I, I thought that would, that seemed like it's such a no-shit point mm-hmm. in retrospect. Um but I did have a great time kind of familiarizing myself with a lot of the power play stats. So one of the other things I found was interesting, though, and I, I told you this briefly before we started recording, they don't break it down by major and minor. Which doesn't like, make I had any a, sense. I had kind of, like, none. So for those of you who don't know, like, a minor penalty will, it's, it's two minutes, a double minor is four minutes, um, but a minor penalty ends after you score a goal, okay? A major penalty is at least five and does not end after your, the um, team on the man advantage scores a goal. It keeps going. And that's a huge difference. Oh, absolutely. And so I was kind of surprised that there wasn't a breakdown between the two um, because it does affect stats a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if you have um, five-minute major, right, mm-hmm. and they score – two and a half minutes in and then they don't score for the rest well then those five minutes are still going to get thrown into your uh, um, opponent's penalty minutes which will show up on your stats and show up on your power play um, show up on your power play efficiency like, like what we put together here um, but then they, they but then they don't separate it out um, I did end up finding a sheet that had it and I, I thought we could look at it I, I put it in um, sheet Two. Sheet two, yeah. This, this is still all 2017, and just a just a look at it's 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 mage, 
major. Yeah, that's that's the the number of major penalties oh, you took. Okay, I thought you were saying something completely different. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't there some shit to look at that? Florida, forty nine major penalties. But anyway, so I was looking at this. So for reference, Calgary is in second place with thirty two. So that's a seventeen. Uh, penalty that's difference, and for huge. major penalties, that's enormous. That's um, and then I remember to myself, I think, I think Florida might have like set a record for fights per game last year, if I recall correctly. God fucking bless and, uh, them. F- f- fights will get you major penalties a yeah. lot, <laughs> so that makes sense. Um, so if you keep that in mind, that, that like, so let's look at Florida for just a hot second. So they had forty nine, like they committed forty nine major penalties, mm-hmm. right? And their opponents' uh, penalty minutes per opponent's goal scoring. So how many how many minutes um, that the uh, Florida Panthers were on? How many minutes there was a there was a Florida Panther player in the penalty box to take for each uh, opponent to take for their opponent to score was twenty, right? Mm-hmm. That was them. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Twenty point oh. So now, so now this is why I think this is interesting because of like what I just said. So it's saying that like Florida could kill a twenty-minute penalty, right? Mm-hmm. But when they had so many majors, there's so much time. Like where, you know, the opponent still could have scored. Um, their penalty kill wasn't bad. Eighty percent's not bad. It's not great. It's not. But five bad. straight minutes of penalty kill multiple times a game sometimes like that's brutal like you can't you can't defend that you can't and that's what i'm saying like i wish there was a way to separate it out because it changes like um it makes their penalty kill at 80 percent look worse than it is because it's actually probably better than that since Mm -hmm. they killed majors instead of minors so there was more uh raw time there it's also going to make this whole um 20 minutes per penalty look worse than it is um, because chances are their their opponents were scoring at some point into those major penalties, which I also had a hard time finding how often did the, a major penalty result in a goal. Um, because if, if like I said, if, if you have a five-minute penalty and you score two minutes into it, that's a successful um, power play for the opposing team, right? Even if you don't score for the remaining three minutes of it, that's still a, that still counts as a power play goal right. and a successful power play. So it's going to kind of alter the way these stats are going to look because Florida's going to then kill three minutes remaining of a power play, which is more than a regular power play, but it won't go down as a penalty kill because they allowed a goal earlier in that uh, power play. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's a really weird way of doing stats. Fucking NFL, man. Guys, why can't everyone just learn from baseball and just keep stats of everything? You you can you can go on Baseball Reference and find how often, what is the just raw number of sliders <laughs> that Jacob Degrom threw? It's so specific and it's perfect. It's exactly what you want. Oh, you like it, Daddy? All right, this is no longer a PG thirteen podcast. So, um, anything you want to say on the difference between uh, minors and majors? Um don't fight 
No, I take that back. Please fight. Fighting makes hockey more fun. You sit in the box. It is what it is. But don't stop fighting. So then I, I, I was wondering just a little bit because I saw shorthanded goals and I thought to myself, all right, let's look at that. Because um, as, as as Corwin said previously, if you do kind of get scored on in one of these uh, goalie pulled situations, uh, you're probably not going to pull your goalie again that game unless you, I don't know, really need it. Um, so if you go to Empty Net Stats, which is our first page, um, it shows you how how many times each team pulled their goalie, right? Mm-hmm. That's in the count um, section. And then goal, goal scored, goals allowed, and then a, a success rate. So let me just slap a filter on this real quick. Uh, who pulled their goalie the most times? Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, this is also 2017, 2018 numbers. Pulled their goalie 21 times, right? Ridiculous. They scored... They scored three goals. So roughly, they allowed ten. So roughly, one out of every four games, they're behind enough to pull their goalie. And they think it's advantageous enough to pull their goalie. Right. Um. So their success rate was fourteen point three percent. That does not mm. count. Take into account the negative damage done by the goals allowed. Although previously said, you're already losing. I guess. So what does it matter? Um. What do you make of this? That's way too much. I mean, the fact that you pulled your goalie one once every four games and you scored three goals in the entirety of that, that's it's too much. Like clearly someone had to well, have now- looked at this and realized, hey, this isn't working. Like it's too Let me ask you it's it's ahead, too sorry, big of a sample size for them to still think that it's effective. Like, some of these teams who did it, you know, 8, 10, 11 times and scored once, twice, three times, okay. Like, it's a small sample size. You're bound to improve it. But 21 times is too much. Well, now let me ask you this. If they think they're not winning the game anyway, could you view those three goals as additional team points I mean I guess it depends on the deficit though you know like if if they're scoring those three goals and one goal differential it's you know hell yeah but if it's you're down three goals you pull your goalie to see if you could get a little something going and you score yeah no you you're right Um, um, let's just assume all of these I know that's not gonna be the case let's assume all of these are are one one goal games okay that's fair just just because I don't want to have to give us give caveats to literally everything right no i get that although i i i get where you're coming from though like i thought the same thing so let's assume these are all bungo games mm-hmm. you pulled your goalie 21 which first off if you're pulling your goalie 21 times that's not good that's you must that's suck not like like good like but now let's let's say like you have a weak goalie play and you have a good offense like let's say you're the new york islanders from last year mm-hmm. okay does this become a more viable strategy in close games like, like, could you say for the Chicago Blackhawks that they squeezed three additional, like I said, team points out of those 21 goalie-pulling attempts? In theory, sure. Why not? 
And do you think that that's worth it? Like, if if you're the coach and you think to yourself, we're fucking losing this game anyway, or I don't know, you need to save your 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 uh, job by having a season that shows something <laughs> points wise, you know. Ugh, sorry. Yeah, no, I think that's worth it. So, let's look at um, who scored the most. It's a three-way tie between the Florida Panthers, the New Jersey Devils, and the Colorado Avalanche. Each scored four. Um, the Panthers and the Devils each had 15 goalie-pulling attempts. The uh, Avalanche had 14 goalie-pulling attempts. So, they had a success rates of 26.7, 26.7, and 28.6. Um, would you say then that these teams should have pulled their goalie more since their success rates were so high? Again, it's hard to say without realizing what the situations were. I mean, 28% is huge. It's massive. Granted, small sample right. size, but still, that's really big. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we're just looking at the raw numbers and nothing else, then yeah, take more chances and you have the defense and you have the goalie to make that happen. So why not? So let's say you're starting off your season, right? Mm-hmm. Your 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 coach Corwin. That's okay. Um, that's that's you. And um, at what point, you know, you you you. It's an early season game, you know. It's October. Mm-hmm. You're down by one against a divisional opponent. You want to make a splash. You pull your goalie, and uh, it works out. Okay. Do you think to yourself, "Let's never do this again," or do you think to yourself, "Let's try to make this a, a, a skill"? Let's fucking do it. Let's go all in. Let's keep it happening. So now, what's your what's your cutoff point for success? Like, at what point do you, as a coach, think to yourself, "This needs to be worth it"? X percent of time for us to actually continue doing this. I'd probably say twenty percent. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Um, I I might go a little bit higher just because if I wanted, I'd want it to be a better chance than our power. No, twenty percent is so fair. It's when yeah. it, it really is tough to say. It's really tough to demand more from that. Um. So the other question I, I came up with while going through this, because I kept trying to think about why you would be desperate to pull your goalie for a win in the regular season, mm-hmm. right? Why would you be regu- desperate to pull your goalie in the regular season? Unless you're in like a tight race, unless like you're like vying for a wild card spot, because there's, there's, there's no first round buys like there are with football. Mm-hmm. Um, there's home field, um, or home ice, I should say. Only if you finish first, though. Um, I get wanting to win the most games you can possibly win, but is is there really much of an advantage to the way NHL does their seating? I mean, I guess at the end of the year, I could see it being something bigger where you're trying to get a certain matchup with a certain team. But, I mean, seven-game series, it's not like these are... It's not like in the NBA where a one seed is so exponentially better than an eight seed that it matters all that much. I mean, most of these playoff teams are 
in the same realm together. Uh, I don't know. I think it's less important in the regular season by a significant margin. It It's tough with these desperation plays, um, especially something that's as risky as this. Like, if you're pinch hitting in baseball, like, it doesn't cost you anything. Mm. You're not letting anything up in defense, you know, if you are um, for throwing Hail Marys in, in, in football, I mean, like every game costs so much because there's such a limited quantity of them, you know, it's going to, each game affects your standing so greatly, um, plus you can kind of pass things off and be like, ah, it's basically a long punt, it's this, it's that, it's whatever. I, I was really having a hard time trying to decipher what I thought would be great reasoning for this. Just because the stakes seem so low. Um, and that's why I came to the kind of conclusion with it that the reason teams must be doing it so much more is that they must think that it's hard, that that, that, that they're not going to get it five on five, that they just doubt they're five on five, mm-hmm. and that they value that the possibility of the one loser point. The, the 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 loser point from losing in overtime more than they value the possibility of um, detriment that comes from taking no points in the game at all, right? right? They're taking a really a real high risk high reward stance on it, which I mean I think I get. I mean the stakes are low, but if the percentages are there, I get it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So. What if you are a terrible hockey team, okay? You are the Detroit Red Wings. They are bad. They are bad. Um, What if you played the entire third period without a goalie? What's the success percentage on that? Uh, Let's say say you have a 25% chance of scoring. um, Just at all in the third period. Oh, no, did you mean with the man advantage yeah. or no? Well, yeah, with the man advantage, 25%. Um, yeah, I guess at all. Because you're bad. <laughs> um, and then... Well, what, what, was the we'll stat say, you did, what was the stat you did earlier about, like, what the... Increasing yeah. time? Um, just take the number of minutes, so it would be 20 divided by... What was the... What was the uh, Red Wings number for um, that. Let's see. Uh, what was it? OPIM over PPG? Uh, yeah. 16.6. Oh, well, the <laughs> so <laughs> because the denominator is 16.6, it says that you have a 120% chance of scoring. <laughs> um, which actually. I mean, you can cap it at 100. That does make a lot of sense. No one's killing a 20-minute penalty. Right. I'm sorry, even to a even to a terrible team, you're not killing a 20-minute penalty. Or a 20-minute man advantage. Right. Um, so let's say, yeah, you're guaranteed to get one goal. We'll put it that way. You're guaranteed to get a goal. Okay? But you have uh, a 50% chance, 50, 5-0, of letting in more than one. So effectively cutting you off entirely from from the chance of victory. Well, at that point, you're basically saying you're going to win 
fifty percent of your games, roughly. If you're at That's least true. going into a tide, and I mean, like, let's just say we're going into the third period relatively close. Um, so we'll say that we're going in even strength into the third period. We're essentially going to win 50% of our games, which the Detroit Red Wings did not do last year. So I say, fuck yes, let's do this. Yeah, that's a 55 that's a 5.5% increase in the amount of wins that you'll get over the course of a season. That's insane. That's yeah. so much. So let me ask you this. Um, what about pulling your goalie on power plays? I thought about this a lot while I was doing this because think about what you often see. Now, granted, shorthanded goals are, are, are a thing, and that's actually why I added the shorthanded goals column. Um, you'll see that oh, hold on one second let me just do a filter on this real quick uh, shorthanded goals defended this is what I want to see uh, oh my god Colorado let up 13 shorthanded goals last year that is so bad um, so you, but you you see that like there there's a 956 percent chance you're not letting up a shorthanded goal and that's the lowest in the in the league last year mm-hmm. right the lowest now granted your goalie still does stuff and you know he's got to make sure that the puck doesn't roll into the net or someone could have a really great four check or blah 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 blah, right, blah, right. blah but like if we could increase your power play numbers by like they wouldn't double but let's increase it by like 30 40 percent um, but you increase the chance you're going to get scored on by roughly the same amount. I don't know, like, but like, what do you think? I, I obviously it gives you a better chance of scoring, but like, do you do you take the risk? I think at that point it comes down to the fact that you have like too many men on the ice. I know that sounds outrageous, but having a six to four advantage is nice. But at the same time, at what point does it become too many cooks in the kitchen? Uh, never. I think if I think if a team could send out nine skaters, they'd send out nine skaters. All right. I just don't know if they have enough room to like genuinely operate and move the puck around to be able to get effective sh- open shots. I'd imagine it's more of a heat map conversation at that point, where you're just getting generating pressure at the net. I mean, I guess if you did that, you could have, you know. Four guys just hanging out. You could have a five-on-four and still have someone, just a blue liner, hanging at the back and just... See, I... And just have them basically just be a rover, be a single high safety, and just prevent anyone from having a one-on-one, one-on-two breakout. That's kind of what I was thinking, actually, if if I was the, a team to do this. I don't think I'd add a fourth forward. I think I'd add a third defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, just for blue line security, keeping power plays alive. But like, what, what additional success rate on power plays would this be worth to you for you to consider if you were a coach? Ten percent. Let's say. So going from a twenty percent success rate on the power play to a thirty percent. Yeah, I'd say ten percent. I mean, over the course of a year, that'd be. I mean, hell, considering how many shorthand goals you'd probably let up. I think that evens out nicely. 
Uh, look at the fucking pens. I love it. We didn't score a single empty netter, but we allowed six. That's that's really surprising. Mm-hmm. Ten attempts too. That ain't that ain't nothing. That's really weird. Same thing with the lightning. Though look at that. Eight eight attempts, zero conversions, three uh, short uh, empty net goals. Same with the Blues, except four allowed. Actually, look at the Islanders here. Nine attempts, zero goals, seven allowed. Jesus. I mean, it's so weird because that's like that's a zero percent conversion, and you you gave up nine additional goals. But at the same time, I can't help but think maybe they should have just done it more because they really did suck. And I I really the thing the thing I I. I I mean, honestly, their defense the main... their defense wasn't helping them at all last year. So why not? I mean, your team is based entirely around offense. Go do it. This is kind of what I'm saying, and I I I I think this is kind of. I think sports in general tend to flow between being favoring the defense and favoring the offense, and you see this in every single sport. You know, baseball was very offense heavy and until pitchers got too dominant, and then pitchers owned, you know, the. Uh, 60s and 70s and, and then they lowered the mound and like blah blah, blah 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 you know changing rules in the NFL to favor the offense the defense all this kind of stuff uh happened in the NHL they increased uh goalie pad size now they're decreasing goalie pad size because goalies got too good um basically the point is that there's, there's this ever ever increasing desire to to um innovate and find a new advantage, and it, it's, you know, the modern way of doing it is through stats and, you know, th- numbers, seeing what percentage you can you can get yourself and seeing where there is uh, an advantage to be had. And I can't help but think that there's really reasons to do the whole pull-your-goalie thing for both good teams and bad teams, because if you're bad, you probably weren't winning the game anyway, so mm-hmm. why not juggernaut your offense? And if you're good... That means you're probably going to have a higher conversion percentage, even though we didn't see it with the with the Pens last season, which is still just bizarre. But it's also a very small sample size. It happens. Um, it 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 does. Uh, so also, I mean, it it could be that they just didn't have their goalie pulled for a long time. You know, they did it with only two minutes left because they didn't care that much about losing the game or getting scored on with the empty net as much as they were just trying to do it for a look or whatever. But I can't help but think that this is going to be, and so far this season has been something we'll be seeing more often, because it 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 does make sense for both sides, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if your team was losing by by a goal, and you're getting near the end of the game, wouldn't you be a little bit pissed off if your team didn't pull their goalie in like a one goal game? To some degree, yeah. I mean. You don't have to pull them for four minutes, but give them a minute, two minutes, work with something. I think three is usually for me as a fan, where I'm like, "All right, we're you know we two minutes is is nice, but you know if we're gonna do it, we might as well do it now." I've also thought about what about the possibility of, of instead of waiting for the end of the game where you have this natural stop, which is the point at which you lose, doing it at random points in the game, you know? I, I Like, why not do it in the second period? You're struggling. You got nothing going. You're down by a goal. 
kind of like why not so it would kind of just be like how nhl uses fights to kind of boost momentum and team morale and stuff like that pull your goalie see if you can get a goal get some shit going i fucking love it i mean sure we, we see teams pull their goalies when the situation's right when there's a delayed penalty call and you're just waiting for the opposition to touch up because you know that they're not allowed to um possess long enough possess at all to score a goal but at the same time i mean if 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 you've been causing trouble in your opponent's zone and you feel as though you can get a defenseman out there like we said to just shore up the blue line for a hot minute could the risk be worth it if you have a high-powered offense or or could this be like a like a baseball type situation where you're money balling that shit you know your goalie is mediocre and you're just trying to to finagle goals as best you can you know what i mean by that mm-hmm Fuck it, I love this idea. Now, 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 of course, like I said, the 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 time aspect is what I came into this with. If you pull your goalie for the, if you're the National Predators, you pull your goalie for four minutes, you have a twenty nine percent chance of doing it. If you pull your goalie for five minutes, you have a thirty six percent chance of doing it, based on the itty bitty amount of math I did here. Right. But I, I also think this does raise, uh, you know, good points as to the fact that as time goes on. In general, the longer you have a man advantage, the more likely you are to score a goal. Why not continue to give yourself that man advantage as long as you believe it is worth the risk of what could happen by having no goal? Mm-hmm. Let, me, let, me, let me put it to you like this and, and get your opinion on it like this, right? Okay. If you're the Tampa Bay Rays, you can't afford to go out and, and sign Max Scherzer to a free agent contract like the Nationals right. did. Okay. So instead, you're rolling with openers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, granted, that's a that's a payroll issue. Okay, but it's also a talent issue. So let's look at the NHL. Like, let's say you're the Detroit Red Wings, and you are in the middle of like a rebuild, and you don't have talent on your team, or the Kings because they can't score a goal to save their fucking life, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe this kind of strategic deployment of the empty net um, play, you could even call it, could be a way for you to try to gain, to squeeze out some kind of offense, you know? Maybe set up your offense around offensive zone possession time rather than shots on goal and then use long stretches of being in the opponent's zone as when you pull your goalie. Okay. And then we could see our percentages um, take into effect there. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I got you. So, if we look at some, like a team like the Kings, who, you know, Jonathan Quick is a little bit past his prime now. Their offense is putting up fucking nothing every week outside of Ans Kopitar. Um, yeah, I mean, you really have nothing to lose. You're in essentially a race for the first overall pick. Why not try this shit out? Like, they already fired their coach. Or was it that they fired somebody in their front office? It might have been their GM. Not sure. But you got nothing to lose. Like, literally nothing to lose. And and, and I really can't help but think this isn't a bad... Because, str- you know, Elaine Vigneault, when he was the coach of the Rangers, his his offense was based around breakouts. Mm-hmm. Right, his offense was based around getting speedy dudes to uh, get takeaways 
and just charge down the ice before the defenders can really meet up with them and just kind of banking on that. There was no forecheck. Um, there was no real strong possession times. It's all about breakaways, right? So you, you can base your offense around different things, okay? I really think that if you base it around time instead of like stuff like generating shots on goal, which is still important, but generating shots on goal, um, generating shots towards goal and like all that, generate it around time and then let the other things that happen with time of possession come naturally. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting idea. I'm not sure it would work, right? But thinking about offensive zone time and then lead that into pulling your goalie and giving yourself an extra skater wherever you think that would be most effective, I think could be a kind of also a fun way <laughs> of of watching bad teams try something. And like I said, I don't think it necessarily needs to be at the end of a game. I get why they wait for the end of the game because it's desperation mode. We right. need this. We have proved we can't score to the same degree as our opponent in five on five. We need a man advantage. But I mean, if you could make this a skill, if you could make this part of your team's strategy to play with six men, you know, to keep pucks in the offensive zone um, for long periods of time and then let your forwards eventually give themselves the, the time to generate opportunities, I think that could be an interesting way of running your offense. Mm-hmm. I'd love to just see them, like you said earlier with the Rays, just try something new. Just do something different. Do something that l- hasn't been done in the NHL and see if you can, I don't want to say change the sport, but just change the thinking behind pulling the goalie and just bring some fresh air into it. Why not? I mean, what, what was the last time the NHL was changed by a player? Marvin Brodeur with, with the trapezoid? Uh... You know, Tom Wilson with player safety. <laughs> man, fuck Tom Wilson. He's such an asshole. God, I fucking hate how much of a man rocket he is. Not a big deal. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. He's a man rocket. It's a shame. You've now talked as much about Tom Wilson's looks as you have this topic in the last five minutes. Well, go fuck yourself. Don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> but so, like, give me, give me some thoughts pertaining to the to the time aspect of this, because I think that's kind of like the main idea, you know? I know. I'm just so torn on whether or not I would be able to get behind doing this for longer periods of time, knowing that teams are going to score against you, like... On the shorthand, it's just too easy to do it with a man advantage. I just can't see myself doing it longer than two, maybe three minutes at a time. I like the idea of spreading it out throughout the game. I just, it's it's such a huge risk. It it, it no, you're you're totally right. It is like this is. I'm not saying a team should do this for a whole season just because I said so. Um, I, this is really just kind of an exercise in thought in the, in, in the realm of sports. How good do you think you'd have to be at empty net goals in their traditional um, uh, goalie pulled goals at the end of the game in their traditional spot? You know, two three minutes left uh, for your coach to say, "Hey, let's try this in like the second period." So you're asking, how good do you have to be doing it at the end of the game to be able to do it at other points during the game? 
Yeah, like, like let's say like your team's stupid good at it, and then like mm-hmm. the first twenty games you've pulled your goalie. I don't know, nothing unreasonable. Like, let's say four times, mm-hmm. um, and you scored on all four. Like, is that enough for your coach to be like, like, at what point would your coach be like, I mean, we're getting really good at this. Like, why don't we try this in, like, you know, the end of the second or, like, the middle of the third instead of the end? I'd have to say you'd need at least, like, a 50% success rate. More than that, probably, with at least, like, 10 in the sample size. Doing it 10 times. I was going to say 75, honestly. Yeah. I, I think it... Well, I do think it's fun. I do think it'd be a, a really, really interesting exercise in creativity in football. I think it'd have to be something, like, so high. Your coach is like, we need to try this. Like, we're, we're succeeding so much, it doesn't make sense not to try it, you know? I could see it being done throughout the game as, like, a single possession kind of advantage. So, you have the puck behind your own net. You know, the other teams racing back to their goal. Why not just pull your goalie there and just have a guy pop right on out and develop your own little fast break type deal? And then as soon as the other team gets possession back, you send the goalie right back out. So not just have it be time-based, but be possession-based. I love that. That's a great idea. Let's, uh, do you think anyone's ever going to do it? I'll, uh, I'll call up Mike Sullivan real quick and see if uh, I can get him on board with this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll shoot a text over to David Quinn. <laughs> hey, man, I know uh, like, I know Matt Murray has won like seven games and has two shutouts since he's come back from injury, but let's play him less. Oh, shit. I just realized that we're both wearing our hockey sweaters. Yeah, I got my uh, Stanley Cup sweater on. I got my, my, my super big Rangers logo sweater on. I love this guy. He's my he's my friend. Um speaking of which, Finland you, just won the World Juniors. Yeah, dude, I fucking saw that shit. It's yeah. wild. Kind of upset USA lost, but I am also not day. much invested. Also, it was M twenty. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that there is a, probably like an M eighteen or some shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, anything else you really have to say on this? Any closing thoughts? Um, no. I say what I need to say. I usually don't have closing thoughts. Um, yeah, mine would just be, I, I'm probably going to title this episode something along the lines of, you know, when should you pull your goalie? Because that was my initial idea. Um, and so if you listen to all this and you're like, I don't know when to pull my goalie. How am I supposed to know when to pull my goalie? I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and I think that's going to be the thing with a lot of these topics is a lot of these are going to be thoughts. Mm-hmm. And they're going to kind of take you where the numbers take you. And I think that's kind of what makes this kind of shit interesting. Because I still don't know when to pull your goalie. Oh, not at all. But what not I do slightest. have a... Well, but we have a better... a better um, I think a better scope on now. We got shit we want to try out. We have shit we want to try, and, and we have an idea of, like, you know, how effective, um, we, we turn this in from a how long should you do this thing, and we turn that conversation into maybe it is actually about time rather than it is about having the man advantage, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, and that's kind of what I like with these kinds of topics because they're going to become, you're going to go down a rabbit hole, 
and you're going to just kind of have to go with the ride of where these where, about where it's bringing you. Right. Because now we ended up talking about like th- one of the first questions I wrote down here that had nothing to do with this topic was what does seeding really matter in the NHL? And it made me think, no, fucking doesn't. No, not at all. Really doesn't unless you get a top seed and want to play a bad team. But even then, with the stupid ass way that the NHL does their playoff structure, you could end up facing a very good team even if you're the number one seed. Because go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. So, um, I don't have an answer for when you should pull your goalie. Um, I guess if you're really desperate, obviously sooner is better. Although I don't think that's much of a revelation. Um, what I do feel comfortable with, though is um, having a new kind of idea pop out of this. Or what, what, or what I do feel is that we accomplished was having um, an even more creative thought mm-hmm. instead of when should you pull your goalie of why don't you do it all the time. So I guess what you're really trying to say is that we're innovative geniuses. Well, all right, you get most of the credit. You're an innovative genius, and I'm going to ride your coattails. <laughs> Um, and we should be given the reins of an NHL franchise. Give us the Yotes. Give us a you know nice young bad team still that uh, could use a little experimenting. I mean, they do have the youngest GM in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but what, what what I'm saying is, I like sports. Sports are fun. Uh, so, do you have any closing thoughts now? Um. I mean, I like sports, too. I'd like to see more teams. Like, honestly, even if it isn't just this, I want to see some NHL teams just try something different for once. You know? It's not yet at that level of super tradition focus that baseball is, but it still is very traditional heavy, if you know what I mean. Well, actually, what I was—I think I got what you mean. I was going to say that it's probably the the least innovative of the other sports, yeah. just because it's so based on fundamentals. Whereas baseball changes so much, mm-hmm. and the NFL changes so much. Like, there's trick plays in the NFL, and there's all kinds of funky things you could like. There, you know, you got waxahachi swaps in baseball. You've got uh, what the Brewers did of pulling their starter after uh, one batter. You know, there's funky strategy things being done in MLB. There's funky Basic strategy shifts. things being done in NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what's what's an innovation you've seen over the last 10 years in the NHL? Um, that hasn't been directly related to the change in rules by the NHL. Speed is really it. I'm hard-pressed to call speed an innovation. Right, it's just... Okay, yeah. if we're faster, we can score more goals. That's not really innovation. That's just changing your players. Yeah, I, I guess maybe the the most, and I'm hard-pressed to call this innovation either, is the change of uh, uh, shooters going from the five hole to going to the, corner. Uh, the short side. Yeah. yeah. And even then, that's not really much of an innovation as it is as much an da- adaptation. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean... And this isn't me trying to... We, we're both wearing licensed <laughs> NHL apparel. We like hockey. Someone or we bought for ourselves. Yeah, we like hockey. Um, this is it's just some fun shit to do with numbers to give you some fun things to talk about on a show. 
I mean, I guess that's really the only way we can describe what we do here. You know? Yeah, so... Yeah, that's it, man. You got anything else? No, I'm all set. All right. Um, then... I don't have a holiday to close out on today. Yeah, go fuck Happy yourself. Happy January 6th. That sounds terrible. Sure. <laughs> uh, so if you want to see this myriad of, of useless... <laughs> information and numbers you can find it on our website it's um juicing the numbers dot wixsite dot com slash website um so it's juicing the numbers dot w i x s i t e dot com slash website uh you can follow us on twitter uh, we're at juicing pod it's p-o-d and you can send us an email at juicing the numbers dot uh, uh at gmail.com juicing the numbers at gmail.com um and uh, that's it from me, Corwin. You got anything else? I think I've said that five times. Uh, if you're listening in Mexico, happy day of the Holy Kings. Okay. I looked up all the different holidays. Actually, what?